Hello and welcome to Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carrie Smith, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Carter Laren. Hello, Carter. Hey, Carrie. How are you doing? Good. Good morning. Uh, I've called you here today on a Saturday <laughs> to I wanted to I wanted to just show people one example of because we keep we're hearing in the media now there's no critical race theory in pre-K. There's no critical race theory in K through 12. There's no social justice being taught, you know, in, in elementary schools, which is a lie. And anyone who's been covering this for the past few years knows it's a lie. Anybody who's got kids in school who are coming home with coursework knows it's a lie. We, we're a pretty small show. We've been contacted by countless parents who are like, how do we push back against this? Um, yeah, and by the way, can you really quickly clarify for people who are confused by terminology? Social justice, critical race theory, anti-racism, they're all euphemisms for the same pseudo-Marxist racist ideology. They're yeah. all the same thing. One one helpful way of thinking about it, I think of social justice as the umbrella and social justice ideology, which is my old ideology. And underneath it, there's all these different ways that it that it uh, that they push it, that it manifests. So there's critical race theory, there's intersectionality, there's third wave feminism, there's right. yeah, you know, queer theory. Yeah, anti-racism. It's all the same bag of crap. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and the critical race theory stuff is like the philosophic underpinnings. And then they don't literally teach the philosophy to elementary students. They teach the conclusions of the philosophy to elementary Based students, on which it. is yeah, be they're racist. Applying, they're applying <laughs> yeah. it. So right. the way you can think about all of it, if you are new to this, social justice ideology, all of these different parts of it, critical race theory, third wave feminism, intersectionality, anti-racism is what Ewan Max Kennedy calls it. All of it, it all, they, all of it teaches us that the best way to operate in the world is as if the world is a, a competition for power among identity groups. And it teaches us that the world should be divided up into oppressor and the oppressed along all in all of these different categories of identity. And that the way that we make a more equal world, they, they don't care about equality, actually, they care about equity. The way that we make a more equitable world is by judging and treating people differently based on what identity groups they're in. So all of this social justice stuff, everything that's under the umbrella tells us that we need to judge and treat people differently on the basis of race. That's racism. It tells us we need to judge and treat people differently on the basis of sex. That's sexism. All right. of this stuff is under that umbrella. I just want to thank you. I just yeah. wanted to clarify for people because you were using social justice kind of interchangeably with CRT. And I wanted yeah. to, so people understand. Oh, yeah, I do that because yeah. it's, it's part of it. CRT is part of it. So this is something that, you know, there have been countless people who've, who've been documenting, documenting this in elementary schools in high schools for the past couple of years. Uh, Christopher Rufo has done a good job of that. I think he alone has, has documented over 12 different school districts that are using it, that are teaching CRT principles. Um, this is something that the myth informed guys found. They, the myth informed guys are the, are the guys who put on it's mythicist Milwaukee. They're the guys who put on um, the better discourse conference. And I don't know if you've been following their feed, but the past six months or so, they've just really been doing a lot of digging and churning out a lot of material. They broke the Pizza Hut stuff, uh, Pizza Hut, t you know, helping funding social justice education in K through 12. Okay. Gross. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm sure just like their pizza. Yeah. Sure or their salad bar. Their salad bar is very gross. I remember that from my childhood. You know, there's got to be a parody video in there somewhere about Pizza Hut and like a, a pizza pie and how they view the world, like teaching social justice with pizza and salad. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because the one of the things is impressive. This, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Some, well, one of the things the social justice people teach is that they say, okay, see, it, liberalism of the past, as you know it, like actual liberalism, we used to talk about uh, – a diverse, a diverse country like the United States being a melting pot where you bring in people with different uh, beliefs and backgrounds and religions. And, and it's sort of a melting pot where people pick up different things from different cultures, cultural appreciation, right? Social justice is all about keeping us divided. It's all about divisions. You know, what race are you? What sex are you? Then you're like this and, and you're like that. And um, it's all about keeping us divided. And so they say, they will actually say this, that it, we shouldn't view the world, the United States as a melting pot. We should view it like a salad bowl where everything is separate and distinct. So your tomatoes are over here and your cheese is over here. And you're like, that's, that's just like the pizza hut salad bar that no one wants to eat at. That's exactly. how we should view America. It's a bunch of disparate, disgusting fruit. And Iceberg lettuce and little cubed <laughs> ham. Most of which has been contaminated by little kids in their snot nosed hands. All right. <laughs> okay, let's get into this though. So, so we just wanted to show this is just one of many school districts in the United States that is teaching social justice, indoctrinating children with social justice. This is Oak Park Elementary School District 97 in Oak Park, Illinois. And they just put out a video in May. Okay, now this is the description of the video. You can find this on their YouTube channel. It's about 40 minutes long. And it's called District 97, D97 Parent University, K through five, social justice lessons, kindergarten through five-year-old social justice lessons. Okay. That's, it's really important for five-year-olds to understand how to treat their five-year-old friends, their other five-year-old friends, because otherwise they might treat them based on the content of their character. Yeah, we have so to make sure to social justice that. people, they want to make sure they get your kids at this age. This is actually the, the prime age for, for indoctrination. They want to get a kid before they hit the age of, what was that old? Uh, I think it's six. I think it was a, a, the Jesuits used to say, I think if they had a child for the first six years. But there's been many variations. Other people have said it as well. Mm -hmm. um, Stalin also famously said something similar to that. So, uh yeah, Give me there, your it's, child. it's known. Yeah. It's known. You, you Give have me your child the till, the, till the age of five and I'll have them for life, that kind of idea. So yeah. so what they want to do is instill in your child at an early age that they should judge and treat people differently on the basis of what race they are and on the basis of what sex they are. So here's the description for this video. It says, District 97 hosted virtual parent university session on May 13th, 2021 focusing on the elementary school social justice lessons from Learning for Justice, formerly known as Teaching Tolerance. We're going to get into what that is in a second. The, the session, which was called K-5 through Social Justice Lessons, Building a Foundation for Inclusive and Anti-Racist Work in District 97, covered the social justice lessons that are building the foundation for inclusive and anti-racist work in district 97 elementary school. That was kind of funny, the title. And then they, they said it was about, and then they just gave the title again. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, you know, if you're not familiar with a lot of this stuff, right, some of these words are keywords that you see repeated that are used as they, they, they are, um, they don't mean what they might feel like they ostensibly mean. Like the word social isn't bad and the word justice isn't bad and the word anti-racist doesn't sound bad and the word inclusive sounds fine. Right. But all this language, it's, it's like, um, you know, it's like in 1984 when they just, they, they come up with terminology that has a specific meaning. Like it doesn't, it doesn't actually mean the, the dictionary definition. It mean it, they're relating it to their whole ideology. That's how, you know, anyone who writes a sentence like this, they're not talking about actual justice. They're not talking about actual inclusivity and they're not talking about actually ending racism. They're talking about the opposite. This is, these are keywords that signal their ideology. Right. If you look up, even if just if you were to go to Wikipedia and look up anti-racism, you'll see in their definition, they talk about uh, groups. They talk about systemic and institutionalized because what they mean is uh, in order to be so-called anti-racist, Ibram X. Kendi has says, he said, it's not enough to be not racist. You have to be anti-racist. Okay. Well, what's anti-racism? Oh, anti-racism means judging and treating people differently based on what groups they're in, what racial groups they're in. Well, that sounds a lot like racism, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like you've just given it a new name. Anyway, um, so this video is put out by what they said in the description, put out by an organization called Learning for Justice, hmm. formerly known as Teaching Tolerance. So if you do yeah. some digging into what this group is and you go to their page or their website, they tell right, you. We can pull it up. Want me to pull yeah. it up? Let's see. Uh, so, sorry. Beverly's look, not here. I'm the old guy's doing all the <laughs> screen sharing <laughs> by himself. All right. Learningforjustice.org. And it tells you learning for justice is a project of the Southern poverty law center, which is dedicated <laughs> to fighting hate and bigotry and to seeking justice for the most vulnerable members of our society. Learning for justice partners with a number of outstanding organizations to offer diverse content through the perspectives text library. Um, if you go to their description on their YouTube channel, learning for justice has a YouTube channel. And under their description, it says learning for justice. Do we have this one? I'll wait for you. Yeah, let me let me find it. Which, do you know what number it was that you sent me? Because I can't see them very easily. <laughs> uh, I think it was the last one. The last one. This one. Let's try this one. Boom. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So learning for justice has a YouTube channel. If you go to their YouTube channel, you can see their description there as well. And this is pretty interesting. Learning for justice description. Learning for Justice seeks to uphold the mission of the Southern Poverty Law Center to be a catalyst for racial justice in the South and beyond, working in partnership with communities to dismantle white supremacy, strengthen intersectional, there's that word, movements, and advance the human rights of all people, I'm sure. If you are interested in- They don't in mean individual <laughs> rights, by the way. That's, that's a very, it's amazing how the word human rights is used 
to be the opposite of individual rights. It's fascinating yeah. to me linguistically. But but they they do pull in a lot of well-intentioned people like myself. I got pulled into this for a long time because you read this and you're like, oh, human rights. Yeah, cool. Sure, yeah. And dismantling white supremacy. I mean, if there's yeah. any left, I guess it should be dismantled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, working in partnership with communities, that sounds good. Uh, catalyst for racial justice. I mean, that sounds fine. I mean, if you, just ostensibly, right? So look yeah. at the contact there. If you want to get in touch with anybody at this organization, Learning for Justice, look at who you contact. It's an it's a Southern Poverty Law Center email address. Learning it's, for Justice <laughs> editor, FLJ, LFJ editor at SPLC at, Center. At yeah. the SPLC Center. They are part of the Southern Poverty Law Center. So the Southern Poverty Law Center is funding and putting out this social justice indoctrination. Uh, this one specifically catering to kindergarten through through fifth grade. And I, can't, I, I don't know, I, I'm sort of left speechless when that their tactic, I shouldn't be surprised, but when people started to gain a foothold on pushing back against this ideology, that their, uh, their response, their defense, instead of defending the ideology and defending the ideology being in kindergarten and being in elementary school, their defense was to say, it's not there. Are, are you going to believe like me or your lying eyes? Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Not... Actually, so let's be clear. Their defense first first was critical race theory is a legal theory. That's not anywhere. And then their defense was, and anyway, if it is somewhere, it's it's uh, it's necessary, or else you can't teach Frederick Douglass. It's like what what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> they they you, they're you just. Should... It's not there, and if it isn't there, you can't teach Frederick Douglass, so we have to. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. You should <laughs> no. absolutely teach Frederick Douglass, because Frederick Douglass, what he wrote about in, especially his Fourth of July essay, for example, is the exact opposite of what social justice pushes. It's the exact yeah. opposite. He, he believed in holding America to it's better standards, like holding America to the principles that were set forth in our founding documents, because he believed in the importance of those documents. What did he call it? An anchor weight? I don't know. It, yeah. That's a good it's, word. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, I don't, I mean, maybe if he was raised today, he would have turned out differently. But if you, if you take 35 or 40 year old Frederick Douglass uh, from back in the 19th century and you plop him down in today's culture, uh, I don't think he would want to have a beer with Ibram X. Kendi. I think he would be against all of this stuff. They would be opposed. Right. Ibram X. Kendi says, this is the guy who, now he he's interesting because since, again, since uh, some of the pushback has been effective, all of these different high priests and priestesses of the social justice movement have been uh, going on the social justice friendly legacy media shows like Joy Reid, and they've been trying to trying to say that what they put forward isn't critical race theory because because people like Christopher Rufo, James Lindsay have done a good job of isolating that part of social justice and talking about CRT. So now they're saying, well, this isn't CRT. It's all social justice though. It's all under the umbrella of social justice. And Ibram X. Kendi, who has been saying, well, I teach what I teach. I call it anti-racism. It's like not the same thing as CRT guys. It's the same conclusion. It's totally different. <laughs> it's totally different. Uh, anyway, I just want to read you one of his. I call it most, potato. 
not potato. <laughs> it's a completely different vegetable. Sorry. Pajamas, 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 <laughs> pajamas. Okay. Here's one of his quotes. This is Ibram X. Kendi. Quote, the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. Mm -hmm. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. I don't think he understands what the word remedy means. But No. <laughs> it's not a remedy. You don't solve racism with racism. You don't cure collectivism with collectivism. <laughs> you don't do that. You don't fix discrimination with discrimination. You know, there was an interesting remedy that was working for a while, and it was called individualism. It seems <laughs> to seem to work. Hmm. Hmm. That sounds can't extreme. That Tell me yes. more about I'm this individualism. <laughs> no, I can't. Zuckerberg will, will censor me if I say anything. Uh, Does it involve treating people as individuals? <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then I just wanted to, this is a great uh, little meme that uh, there's a, a Twitter account that goes by ACS against CRT. And I believe he created this meme. And so he has that Ibram X. Kendi quote, which I've heard before. It's from his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, <laughs> and aka How to Be a Racist. And uh, he juxtaposed it with a quote from Martin Luther King Jr., and that quote is one that people probably are familiar with. It says, returning violence for violence multiplies violence, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And then you got even Max Kendry. Like, no, let's drive out discrimination with discrimination, guys. What's wrong yeah, with that? And, and and the th the thing that I, that's really bothersome to me about it is no one's arguing that justice in on an in justice is something that's only relevant as a concept on for individuals because it applies to action it applies to uh, justice justice applies to agency and action so only individuals have agency there is no collective agency uh, there's no such thing there's no such thing as the will of the white people or the will of the black people over throughout history like that's not a thing even even if you have most of the people voting for something it's still only most of the people there's no such thing as collective will that's just mm -hmm. statistics where people like 50 percent and they call that a threshold and they they call that the collective will but fundamentally there's only individual actions and individual agency and justice only applies to individuals so if someone did do something bad to you it's completely appropriate to ask for and and demand justice and and compensation for what was done to you individually by another individual but that concept is is totally perverted and corrupted when you say this group of people has been historically treated differently by this group of people and instead of correcting that treatment which is start treating people like individuals like Treat, instead of recognizing which, this is bad and we need to which, stop it we're asking for quote justice between groups over time. That's not a concept. That's that's an invalid philosophical concept and actually corrupts justice because the only way you can do it is by treating people individuals unjustly today. Right. You stop treating people based on what treating people differently based on what race they are. That's what ends treating yeah. people differently based on what race they are. Is you duh. <laughs> you stop doing it. 
<sighs> okay, so we should watch just a little clip. Let's okay. watch a little clip of this video that was prepared mm. to show the parents at Oak Park Elementary School District 97 in Oak Park, Illinois, to show the parents of children who are in kindergarten through fifth grade what their kids are learning about social justice. All right, let's take a look. See if I can see if the boomer gets this working. All right, there's the video. And here we go. This year, um, next slide, please. We really went with the identity and diversity standards first. So all of the standards are based on some work from Louise German Sparks. And the standards are pretty much the common social justice standards used in a bunch of different resources. But we went in, as, as we started to develop a resource that teachers could take into their classroom, we got a lot of feedback. And after talking to the diversity council, they really strongly encouraged the teachers this year to focus on identity and diversity first. Because much like reading and writing and math, social justice standards have foundation work for our students. That they do. She's the right. They have foundation work. The students. So we really have to understand ourselves first and our own identities. And that's the foundation of understanding how we interact with the world, with other people. It's how we learn about diversity. And then... Can you pause it for a second? Yeah, I was going to say, can we pause on the word diversity for a second? In our world. Yeah. Yeah, so go ahead. she says... We have to learn about our identity first because that's our foundation of understanding how we interact in the world. No, it's not. What they're, do what they're doing, do you understand what she means by that? Anybody, like she means we have she to- She means which group you belong to. Yes, we have to look at how, okay, I, I am a white woman. So therefore being white and being a woman informs how I interact in the world. It's the primary means by which they they tell us this is the primary means by which uh, we understand how we behave in the world. It's not. <laughs> my identity, at the end of the day, there are things much more important to my identity than my race or my sex. Those things inform how I operate in the world, sure, being short up informs how I operate in the world, you know, the kind of household I grew up in, my childhood. Can I can I ask you, sorry, this is maybe a, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll call it a dumb question. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's a dumb question. Maybe it's not. Um, I use this language as well. This informs that. But if I stop and step back, what the hell does that mean? What does informs mean? Mm. Does, does does my maleness Effects. inform anything? Like, I guess it's it's an attribute of mine. I don't view attributes as informing me. It's a weird it's a weird word choice, and I just I'm not sure if there's a reason behind that weird word choice. It's almost like I need to be educated about my own attributes because they should they should force me to be a different way than I actually just want to be. Like, yeah. I just am naturally like, oh, you're you're blah. Like I'm short. Does that inform my experience? Yeah. No. Does it affect it, my experience? It sure. Affects, I have more affects. leg room on airplanes and I can't play basketball. Fine. It affects my experience. It doesn't inform it. That's a that's a great point. It's you know, they they do a lot with language, as you know. 
they're very concerned with controlling language. They try and they're good and at it, which is why I'm asking. Very good there's at a it. reason. Yeah. Maybe there's a reason they've gotten us all to say, cause I, I use that word now without even thinking about it. When, when you stop to ask me that question, yes, a better, a more accurate term would be effects. Being a woman affects how I operate in the world. Being uh, sure. white affects how I operate. Being short, being, uh, you know, raised in a certain kind of household, being, every, all of these things affect how you operate in the world. What part of the of country you're in. What year whether, it is. Whether you're healthy <laughs> yeah. or not. Whether you're right. disabled or not. But what they want to tell you is that all of these immutable identity characteristics, and some of them which are not immutable, but they want you to think they are, like being like your weight or your mental health, oh, right. they want you to think that that's fixed, but it's not. Um, right. They want to say that all of these immutable identity characteristics are 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 the primary means by which you should view, through which you should view your identity. And that these are the things that most that affect how you operate and that there's nothing, there's nothing uniquely individual about each person. You are just a collection of what groups are you in? What racial, sexual group, sexuality? They, they wouldn't, that. they wouldn't actually admit that. I don't think they would say, of course you're unique. Uh, you're these grouped intersections. Um, but that's what makes, <laughs> what makes you unique is the, the extent of your membership in a bunch of different groups, not yeah. just who you are fundamentally. I, I'm wondering if the word inform. I'm just I'm spitballing here because I just thought of this while you were talking. This wasn't prepped, right? I I'm wondering if the word informed. If you think about it, um, the implication is that if you don't agree with them, that you're that the members of that your group membership in these these groups matters, then you're actually uninformed. There's like a there's like some ignorance. Like the flip side is ignorance. If like being a woman informs who you are. That means you should behave. You have new information. You, you should actually behave a certain way. Maybe there's an element of should to the word informed. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think so because they, they're they sort of telling you, they're giving, they're bestowing upon you this secret knowledge, right? Much like a cult. You're getting right. this secret knowledge and this knowledge tells you that your whiteness, your whiteness operates. That's another interesting word they use, operates. Operates. Your whiteness right, it operates. It volition to the whiteness. Yeah, right. the whiteness has agency. It's operating. <laughs> it is. Yeah. They believe they believe that whiteness has agency. Yeah, More yeah. Agency it operates in Candace Owens quite a bit. I hear. Yeah, <laughs> she's got a lot of whiteness operating in her. That's what they would say. <laughs> yes. They yeah. say crazy stuff like that. <laughs> that she's she operates on behalf of of the white white supremacist culture. Yeah. Okay. Can, sorry. Before we even continue, there's one other thing. This person mentioned. Uh. Lewis Derman Sparks. I looked, so I looked her up while she was speaking. I was like, who is this person that she mentioned? And there's something, I, there, this is actually something interesting to me because it's, this is, these are not outsiders. What we're, we're not seeing is outsiders coming in and taking over. This is why you refer to this as the cathedral. These, these ideas are pervasive. They're everywhere it's ubiquitous now in in society and so if you look up louise derman sparks it says she's worked for over 60 years on issues of diversity and social justice as a preschool teacher at the perry preschool project so i looked up the perry preschool project if you go to the perry preschool project it doesn't look bad it's like our mission to close the opportunity gap through high quality early childhood education like oh that doesn't sound bad 
Our vision, a world where every child has the opportunity to realize their full potential regardless of their circumstances. Like, what's... This doesn't actually sound horrible. And and the, the issue is they've... This ideology is like the, a foundational belief system underneath everything. So, like... If you go to a roller skating rink, I don't know if people do that anymore, but if you go to a roller skating rink and you're just expecting it to be a normal roller skating rink and it turns out it's in Salt Lake City and it's all Mormon, like, oh, the music's a little bit different and they stop to do some weird stuff and everyone has odd <laughs> underwear under, like, like, there are some oddities about the roller skating rink that you would not expect with the roller skating rink, but it's, it's because it's that, populated that... by people who believe stuff. The hokey right. pokey's gonna be real different. Right. Right. There's no there's no beer, <laughs> no chocolate, there's no they don't serve coffee. Like that your expectations, but they might just advertise we're just a roller skating rink. We like fun and, and disco balls. And it's like, oh, okay. I'm gonna go there. But then it's like, wait a minute, where's this coming from? It's not it doesn't have to come from the roller skating rink's official rules. It comes from the fact that it's populated largely by Mormons. Um and I'm not picking on Mormons, but like they're easy You're to pick on. Trying to give though. an analogy, yeah. Yeah, and like that's what this is. It's like you look at this, this, you know, uh, this organization, this uh, what's it called, Perry Preschool Project, which is part of High Scope, I guess. Uh, and you're like, eh, it doesn't. It could be. It could be libertarian. I don't know what it is, but it's not. It's all. This stuff is pervasive. It's everywhere, and all. It's 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 like you. They were indoctrinated twenty or more years ago, and in, in college this, these are the, this is the lens through which they view everything and even organizations that don't signal the language all the time uh have been cultivating this ideas these this ideology and these people internally yeah. okay do you want to go back and to the video or, or no sorry and if ahead. you yeah i want to go back to the video because i, I want to hear what they're pushing mm -hmm. but just to remind people this is uh this is material co coursework and a magazine that's sent out from the Southern, it's all funded by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And they have this organization called Learning for Justice, which is like their mask name or whatever. I mean, they don't hide the fact, if you actually dig down, it's on their website that it's funded by, and it's a project of the Southern Poverty Law Center, but it's called Learning for Justice. It used to be called Teaching for Tolerance. And they send, they send this material out to elementary schools all across the country. Right. This isn't the only one. <laughs> right. And they, and this is how they this is how they legitimize things, right? Like they they add a patina of credulity because the Southern Poverty Law Center, I think a lot of people now know that it's a leftist crazy organization, but for a while they had this pretense of being, oh, we're just we're just normal. We're just pointing out hate and bigotry and and they look, used to have bad a, people. Right. They used to have a good reputation and Right. Th that's but, completely been squandered and they've been i don't know if they were always this bad i just couldn't see it before because i was in the social justice world but i think it's probably a little of both they were always worse than i realized but they've they've also become objectively m much worse in the past like five to ten years um, I, I wasn't familiar with them before i only heard about them after they were kind of woke so i don't know but i would guess that you're probably right because if you look at other organizations, as someone who has not been a leftist basically ever, right? Uh, I, I can look over the past couple decades of my, you know, political consciousness and awareness and say, well, uh, 
most organizations that were leftist have kind of followed the same trajectory. They've gotten more and more leftist and leftism has become wokeism. So they've kind of all gone that path, right? Um, ACLU is another great example where like they were liberal in a more classical sense um, and now they're they're woke, which actually completely undermines their ostensible yeah, raison d'etre. But that's fine. That's they're woke, right? They are. I, I'm not sure how they used to describe themselves, but if you go to their website net today, SPLC Center, SPLCenter.org, on what we do, they say that SPLC is a catalyst for racial justice. I mean, they're explicitly woke now. They use all the social justice terms. Is a catalyst for racial justice. What does that mean? That means racism. That means discriminating against people on the basis of race, like even Max Kendi talks about. Uh, a catalyst for racial justice in the South and beyond, working in partnership with communities to, quote, dismantle white supremacy. What does that mean? If it just meant dismantle white supremacy, awesome. That's not what they mean when they say that. Because they describe, they describe all the, the woke people, social justice people, they describe anyone who votes Republican as a white supremacist. Anyone oh, who I mean, votes Gavin, for a party, Gavin McGinnis like. is listed as white supremacist on their website. Yeah. Um, Charles Murray is listed as white supremacist really? on their website. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, we've had Charles Murray on the show, like not a white so supremacist. That is a lie. That's not what they're about. And in fact, I would argue that they're what they are doing in the world by pushing social justice, racism, social justice, Marxism is that they're actually growing white supremacy as well, because these two things are opposite sides of the same racist collectivist coin. And so I, I think they're making white supremacy worse as well. Um, and the evil part of the plot, the fiction plot here that we can, we can make is that the guy at the top knows and he wants more white supremacy so that he can get paid to fight it because he's a grifter. I don't know. I'm just like, well, making that they, up. There's not someone at the top that I think is is coming up with this idea of like, let's do this. But it's definitely if you're getting paid, if your organization exists and you get a paycheck based on the existence of this boogeyman, do you want the boogeyman to go away? I don't think these people want the boogeyman to go away. I think they are quite happy with growing white supremacy and a lot of social justice and critical race theory. It's a lot of it is indistinguishable from, from white supremacy anyway. They're teaching yeah. a lot of the same things that white supremacists teach. Sometimes it's hard to tell them apart. They teach that things like meritocracy and hard work and individualism and uh, uh, a good work ethic and being on time and mathematics and that these things are all white, white functions of white culture. Whiteness is what they call it. That's whiteness operating in the world. Yes, that's and, what they say. Yeah, and, and, and if you actually take them at face value your conclusion is, wow, thanks, whiteness, which is kind of exactly what the crazy white supremacists white want you to say. Think, right? Like, it's the exact yeah. same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, so anyway, I, I, I know that that's not, I, I, yeah. I know there's not actually anyone running. I'm just like, in, in this evil fiction world, in the, you can kind of imagine there's like this guy rubbing his hands going, oh, we need more of this because I, you know, we need more. If it were we a movie and there yeah, were like one I mean. identifiable bad guy, yeah. Yeah, he, that's what he would be doing. By the way, I appreciate your argument for um, non-government intervention in just about everything. That was beautiful uh, because every government bureaucracy gets paid uh, based on the size of the problem, not based on how well they're solving oh, it. So excellent job, Carrie. 
I didn't uh, even realize I was doing that. Okay, so here's the last part of their description is since right. they work in partnership with communities to dismantle white supremacy to strengthen intersectional movements. Okay, there's intersectional intersectionality. Um, and advance the human rights of all people. Again, hmm. that last part there, they're gonna catch good intention people with that. So yeah. do you wanna let's go back to the video or, or no? Yeah, I'd yeah. I would like to okay. continue. All right. Here we go. More of the fun video. That not everybody is treated in the same way. Not everybody interacts in the world in the same way. And so once we understand that, we understand that identities have. By the way, did you notice she said not everyone's treated the same way? True. And then she said not everyone interacts in, this, in the world the same way. That's also true, but not related. Yeah. <laughs> Just a weird thing to say. But okay. Value. We are able to take action when we see that some people's identities are not being valued. Next slide, please. Hold on so a second. Focusing on identity and diversity. Should we back up to that other slide? No, I I wanted to oh, know okay. some people's identities are not being valued. First of all, this is just a nitpick, but. <laughs> the, it's a, you shouldn't be teaching that everybody's identity needs to be valued. Some people are serial killers. Like that is their identity. <laughs> like, you know what I, I mean? identify, I identify as an anarcho-capitalist and I would like to be valued. Therefore, stop stealing my stuff. Right. They, they don't even believe that. They don't even believe what they're saying. But No, okay. no. Think about how much they value <laughs> the identities of black people who disagree with them. I just, the more you dig into this stuff, the more interesting it is how they just say things that are left unexamined that sound good. And if for a person who's not paying attention, it's just surface level. It's like, yeah, this sounds good. Big words, keep going, you know, and then, yeah, but, well, you that, know, stop and think about what you're saying. That's why you need, in order for this to be effective, this is why this is the right time. In order for this to be effective, you need to have raised generations of people who've had their ability to critically think destroyed. Because yeah. then that that that's the only way you can pull the wool over people's eyes like this. And you're saying we're there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Here are those identity standards for you, and this was I think an early draft, <laughs> but the teachers were able to look at those standards and then choose one or two or three lessons that really support the discussion around those standards. Next slide, please. Wait, pause there. This is so gross. Look at that up at the top. She's saying uh, this is something they're having kids do is they're having. And we've seen this at countless other elementary schools, sending kids home for their homework, having to list their, quote, group identities. They're sending kindergartners home and teaching them to look at themselves and at others based on what race and what sex and what religion they are and all the So. This says for anyone who's just listening, there's a part here on the on the slide that says, uh, I know and like who I am and can talk about my family and myself and name some of my group identities there. there yeah. That's collectivism right there. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, I'm not sure if if racism and bigotry were fetishized, I'm not sure it would look any different. This is like a, a maniacal, fetishistic obsession with 
with with groups and races and like it's so it's so psychologically dysfunctional to be so obsessed with like what what are all your categories what are all your groups that you're in groups matter very very much wait wait oh my god wait was your grandfather uh your grandfather was filipino and your grandmother was haitian or was that or was she dominican republic that's very important like it's it's like who the hell cares about any of this and the answer is people who are race obsessed care about this that's the answer racists care yeah a lot a lot because they need to know how to treat you what race are you get it right you know i always i always find it interesting now that this ideology has gained such a foothold when i'm watching television now and you see a biracial child i was watching some program the other day with a family with three biracial children and it's based on this ideology this ideology is so race obsessed that they would look at those kids and sort of what race are you oh well are you and and it, and it comes down to it comes down to percentages we're like are you 25% the oppressor and 75% the <laughs> oppressed or are you 25% the oppressed and 75% the oppressor <laughs> you know, like it's that whole it's it, it makes you think of uh, uh, the whole one drop rule, you know, and this this idea, this racist idea in the South where they would say that if you had one drop of of uh, if you were black, if there's any member of your founder who's not yeah. Caucasian, that you were then you were considered not white. This is the same kind of stuff. They want to know what percentages you are, what groups you are. It's so it's it's yeah. it's disgusting i think it's i think it's morally abhorrent can i i can i ask you a question carrie growing yeah. up because you and i we're not exactly the same age but we're close mm-hmm. um we grew up at the same time um i tend to be a pretty curious person anyone who knows me like i, I I'm, I'm a pretty curious person i got in trouble for taking my our television apart when i was like five we had to buy a new one that's how we upgraded though from black and white to color because I couldn't put it back together. Um, I'm a pretty curious person. I've never... I can't. I honestly can't remember a time when I've looked at someone and thought... I've looked at someone and thought, oh, that's cool, they look different. Maybe they're a different... They're from somewhere else or whatever. Like, I've, I've definitely, like, noticed, especially as a guy, especially with a, a woman, I'm like, ooh, she's, she's good-looking and, and, you know, quote, exotic or different or whatever. I've never seriously, though, I don't, I don't think I've ever really said to myself, I wonder what ethnicity they are. And I don't know, am I just weird? And I don't think I'm self-delusional. I'm really trying to think of that. Like, I don't think I've ever seriously wondered what someone's ethnicity is. I, I guess if they told me, I'd be like, oh, okay. I guess I can see that. That's interesting. When did, when did we start caring? Didn't we stop caring about that when we were kids? Didn't that stop? I think there was a a gap. Yeah, generationally, there was a gap where because individualism had progressed to such a degree and you're starting to see the effects of that. And a lot of people who are Gen X, I think, uh, came about in this gap where people stopped putting so much emphasis on race and on sex and and now we're back we're sort of back we're getting back to the attitudes that uh, that our grandparents were raised with when they were kids it's like we're going back to a society where 
what race you are is very important. And it determines the first thing that social justice teaches you, just like white supremacy, that you look at people and the first thing you're doing is you're supposed to be sizing them up based on what race they are and what sex they are and all this stuff. And you're, and you're supposed to be treating them differently. It's so, it's so revolting. I can't, I can't imagine meeting someone for the first time and having that be the thought that pops into my head right away. I wonder what ethnic, like, I wonder what your, your genetic origin is. I, 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 I seriously, that's such a revolting mentality. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really appealing to white people who, uh, already have ra- who have racial prejudice because it is it is a it teaches it teaches you if you're not already racist or racial hold racial prejudice it will it will teach you how to hold that how to have that and I think for white people who already have it it's appealing to them because it tells them that there's nothing they can do about looking at people based on what race they are first like people like Robin DeAngelo who who wrote White Fragility and admits to going to a picnic and not wanting to sit with the black employees or the black, the black ladies who were there. She, she admitted to like being freaked out if she was going to be at the table of white women or the table of black women. And, and I think for people like her who have that kind of mind that works that way or that, I think it, I think this is really comforting social justice because it's like, Hey, you don't have to abandon all of that. You don't have to abandon looking at people based on what race they are first and foremost and having certain prejudices and ideas about them. But we're going to let you feel comfortable having that by telling you that all white people have that and that we all have these racist beliefs and that the best you can do is then treat people differently, but treat them in this way. It's, it's like, it's, it's sort of saying, they they actually believe that individualism is not possible, even though we've seen it. We've seen that it's possible, but they don't believe it's possible. They don't believe treating people as individuals is possible. Right. And I think that's and, because inside of them, they don't know how to do that. They are already, they are prejudiced right, It's people. projection. It's projection. Yes. Yes. Yeah, all, so they assume all of, everyone's all like. All this anti-racism is projection. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I just wanted to, there was a sidebar. Okay. You want to keep going on this, right? Yeah. Or no? Please. Thank you. And here are diversity standards. So as teachers put those standards in the forefront, they have options of lessons that they can um, use to discuss the standards and to introduce the standards. But what we're here tonight, I think the, the highlight of tonight is to really understand the student experience. So next slide. I'm really excited that we have two amazing District 97 teachers here with us tonight. Um, hey, can I just make a comment on these? Yeah. These aren't, this is how they lure you in because some of this stuff isn't, like you read the first one. Yeah. I like knowing people who are like me and different from me and I treat each person with respect. Well, Great. I mean, I, I like knowing people who are, are like me and different from me is kind of a throwaway. Like, it doesn't matter what you like, who cares? And the fact that you're trying to figure out what they mean is people who are different in skin color. So, like, that's kind of a thing that shouldn't be there, but it ostensibly sounds fine, right? I treat each person with respect. Well, that's that's good. That's a that's 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 good, right? Um, and then, but you work your way down to to the, the last one. 
I know the way that groups of people are treated today and the way they have been treated in the past is part of what makes them who they are. It's like, oh, I, you're starting out with this thing that sounds pretty non-controversial. And again, all this stuff is pretty subtle. This yeah. is just, these, this is the lens you have to put on. People are members of groups. That's the lens. You gotta put on that lens all the time. Um, and look so over anyway. on the right, Carter. You can see this is where uh, we've talked about before. Under that umbrella of social justice, you have all these different uh, categories of identity, and there there are new ones cropping up all the time because they believe in dividing everyone into these oppressor versus oppressed groups, or sometimes they call it privileged versus marginalized groups. And so look at what some of these identity groups are. They're introducing some of these on the right. They have body image. So that's size. I mean, at college, at the college level now, they already have fat studies. That's where you're learning social justice, but you're learning it through the lens of size, where they teach you that if you're overweight, uh, that you are oppressed. And if you are fit and lean, that you are the oppressor. Um, the oppressors unite. <laughs> they have uh, so they have body image. They have size. They have uh, sexuality here. They have art and LGBT rights. A study of symbols. So they've got they've got sexuality. They've got look disability. What is ableism? They've got are you differently abled, which makes you oppressed, or uh, are you not disabled, which makes you an oppressor? Um, this is why you see well, so and, many and- people now claiming disability and claiming mental health issues because. It, it is a benefit in this way of looking at the world, in this belief system. You have more of a, a, they give you more of a voice to speak and you are given more power in this ideology if you check off more of the oppressed boxes. And so you're starting to see people who are saying, well, I have this mental health issue and I have this and, and really viewing it as some fixed part of their identity. Right. I'm 1024th Native American. Uh yeah, <laughs> right. Even even the even this relatively mild one at the top, which we talked about, that sounds kind of normal. If you look over on the right, look at the tools they're using. Identity posters. Well, you know what that's going to be? That's going to be a poster that has Venn diagrams of all the different things you could be, and they're going to be race and sexuality and blah blah blah. Yeah. And like that's going to be these identity posters are telling you, um, rather than than just your identity being whatever you are in this kind of uh, analog continuum, right? This like, it's, it is whatever you, you know, you like Cabbage Patch Kids or, or not, whatever, that's from the 80s. But like, you have, an, you have a particular personality. Instead of it just being a personality, we need to break it down and define it primarily in terms of which group memberships you have. That's what these identity posters are gonna be. Yeah. Um, the skin you live in, you can guess exactly what that is. That's they're not talking about your epidermis. They're talking about your melanin. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, do you want to? Do, do we, you want to wrap? Do you want to keep doing this, or are we done? No, I, I think, think I think we're done. I just yeah, there's okay. a lot here, and if people want to watch the full video, you can find this at the Oak Park Elementary School District 97 page, uh, their YouTube page in Oak Park, Illinois. And again, this was their lesson plan. This is a presentation that they did for parents to show parents uh, what they've been indoctrinating their children with if they're if they're going to school in the Oak Park Elementary School District 97 in kindergarten through fifth grade. 
And it's based yeah. on, they used all the materials that were provided for, for them by the organization Learning for Justice, which is a project of and funded by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Putting yep. social justice in the classroom. And we will, we did download that video from YouTube. So if they take it off of YouTube, we'll, we'll figure out, we'll put it on Odyssey. We'll put it somewhere else. Um, right. But it is on YouTube now. And we'll put the links to that in the description of this show. But And thank you to the Myth Informed guys for sending some of this stuff. They, it, you guys should really be following them online because they're, they're breaking a lot of, they're uncovering a lot of this stuff in the schools right now. Yeah, and and look, this is just one. This Oak Park School District ninety seven or whatever. It's just, it's just one of the many places many. in which this isn't taking place, yeah. <laughs> uh, as they would say. So, yeah. All right. Thanks, Carrie, for bringing this. I mean, thanks to the Myth Informed guys, but you brought you brought it to unsafe space through Myth Informed. So, thank you. Thank you, Carter. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms. Well, mostly. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. The following co-conspirators will report to the Enrichment Center immediately to receive a surprise. I am disappointed that you are still watching. I have made a note of this failure in your record. Experts agree that critical race theory is not a deadly neurotoxin. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks at the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.